from the heart of the Forest City, focusing on the biggest stories in London, this is the Craig Needles Podcast. Now here's your host, Craig Needles. It's the Craig Needles Podcast. It's the Friday Roundtable. We're at londonnewstoday.ca, classicrock981.com, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there too. We appreciate you downloading, listening to, subscribing, reviewing, everything you do with the podcast. Thank you for doing it with the Craig Needles Podcast. And it's Friday Roundtable time, as I said, and we are joined here in the studio by two former city councilors, Cheryl Miller and John Fife Miller. And we are also joined by political insider Ryan Goss to talk about the issues of the week. Hello, everybody. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks very much for having us. Cheryl, I get you two days in a row. That's great. There you go. Well, that's nice. Might cost you a bit more to do that. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let, let's talk about, really, I, I was going to say the big issue of the week, but it's, I think it's become um, the issue of the term, yes. which is the whole of community response to health and homelessness. And that is, I think, going to, and I said this on the podcast before, it's going to define, or maybe at the very least I said it on Twitter, it's going to define this four-year term for this mayor and these members of council how this works and i'm not saying if you don't have homelessness solved in the next four years and it's you've gone wrong i don't think anyone could do that but what's the progress going to look like what's this going to be like and it's been a bumpy couple of weeks here when you have councillors who have said they're not happy with the way this has been communicated within city hall they want to be able to explain more of this to their constituents they can't do it uh ryan your boss peter frogoscados was in the media a little while ago saying hey i wish that uh, i could have seen some of these numbers and heard about some of this and th- this is kind of the first time hearing of it so it, it seems like we're in kind of a bumpy spot there um how do you think they recover from that? And, and the mayor has done some Twitter threads and things along those lines, which I thought were good and kind of explaining where we're at. Uh, how do you think we recover from that? Or because this is something where we need everyone kind of rowing in the right direction here. Otherwise, we're going to be in a bad spot. Yeah, I see this as, as a first crack, big crack in council, because when you have to when, when the media leaks the news to councillors that council should have that information and what it tells me is that report came from staff because no counselor had that document so that came from staff to the media and i think that is a huge crack that there's staff that are giving away information that counselors don't have so how do they react how does everybody react well we we brought we got the sermon from the mount from josh and i i get it i get that there's compassion and caring and that what what i've been saying all along is this process is flawed this process is terrible and allowing the city manager to run this process is beyond any comprehension in any political field. I don't think I've ever seen a city employee do the political stuff that she's doing. I think it's wrong. Uh, I think the fact that council didn't know Craig, and I'm going to be blunt, is a travesty. And the fact of the matter is these councillors, the 14 of them and, and the mayor, were elected by constituents to be their voice. The fact they didn't have that information is a massive problem. I had that information Ooh. back back in April. Oh, from I, Josh. For, yeah, no, from so when they when they did the federal and provincial advocacy, right. we had the high level number information, um, and we like so I I knew that and 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 my boss knew that Peter. Where Peter's concerns in the media were be is that now he's being asked 
we need you to get that 197.5 million in capital expenses but it's just a number we have no business case we have no plan we have no we forget about just even the, how the number is explained we have no plan now that's coming forward but th- these are just t- you know aspirational target numbers as far as as far as we're concerned that there are you know a, a stake in the ground however i will be very clear we were under the implicit uh impression that council had access to this information in fact that question was asked so i have a big problem with not knowing that the at the very least the mp the mpps and city council should all have had it at the same time i could even make an argument that council would have a, a day or two beforehand before it goes to the senior levels of government but i've known those high level as a staffer i've known those high level targets since april so the fact that councillor didn't know is first of all it's mind-boggling to me yeah. and and it is it's something that was a massive unforced error and it's something that can never happen again and and I, it blindsided council and that's terribly disrespectful for those politicians that didn't get that information from staff and from the mayor that's a blindside can we go back to something you just said cheryl though about the how it's being handled there was a comment made and i'm paraphrasing here it's not an exact quote but that letting um elected officials in the room would create an unequal power imbalance that is ridiculous <laughs> like people I, you know okay let's just hypothetically say in the first group consultations you don't have any politicians room that's fine but why there wasn't a subcommittee or another set of sessions that the elected officials were brought into where they were then talking about the information is beyond me because again i go back the mpps the mps the city council the mayor they were elected by the people they're not creating an, un, a, an unfair power balance they were, they were elected to and, be there by and the they people. were bringing the power in and that's from the senior administrator who works for those damn politicians. Oh my God. And I would go further to that thinking, you know, this has been going on for a year now. This started when we ended up with a sit-in in in front of City Hall. And this has moved from there. So this has been two councils that have dealt with this. My big thing is that as someone who's voted in, I am the one responsible to my constituents Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. The constituents are calling me and they're emailing me and they want me to have those answers. And I should have had the answers that they were looking for. I may not have had that final number. Definitely should have had that final number before anybody else had that final number. But I should have been extremely informed on how this process was going on while it was. I understand the term when they talk that at the beginning, and when you think of last August and September when they brought these organizations together, the big sell was this is something that can be a tipping point. You know what? We want to make sure everybody's on the same page, but it's a year later. If you're not on the same page, you shouldn't have been at the table any longer. You couldn't get your head around that at the end of the day. And I think the other challenge that they have right now is for the average Londoner, they're frustrated. They're beyond frustrated. Absolutely. This is going to be a really difficult sell at the end of the day. And I, you know what? I just don't know how well it goes through. Because again, who's going to answer to it at the end of the day? The councillors are going to answer to That's it at right. the end of the day to their That's constituents. Exactly. They're the ones that are going to face the electorate in four years. Yeah. And <clears throat> it's almost it, three. Yeah. yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting when the city manager who answers to council doesn't want council involved and tells councillors, tells them not to attend those sessions. And I know she told the MPs and I know she told the MPPs, you can't attend. And 
That's wrong. Full disclosure, we asked to attend. Yeah. Like uh, as uh, on like I uh, on behalf of our office, I yeah. said I think it would be very prudent. Um, it doesn't even have to necessarily be MP Fregascados. Could be MP Kayabega. What, what, what whatever. But we need uh, we, the, the, we need the, people some, in like in the room. Karen let me, Vecchio. Let me uh, tell you whoever, why. Like Peggy Sattler, whoever exactly. wants to go. Let yeah. me tell you why. And, and though I would probably say it's probably better to have it there, I, I would. Be, actually vote for everyone but if not I would say at least that some people from the governing side of provincial and province should so be there. So in this case Peter, Peter Ariel and Rob Flack. Yeah and Rob yeah. Flack yeah. Um, in the room and let me tell you why simple as again if Okay, let me say I, I take the argument that they that their presence could affect that that, that larger group. No problem. It, like like I don't agree, but let's just say I, I I buy that for a second. Then there should have been the next day another meeting of the elected officials, of which I believe the councils should also be in the room as well as those senior levels of government. And when we can have an open dialogue to say, listen, I know you talked about that with Cheryl, or I know you talked about that with John, but I'm going to tell you there's no path right now for that. So we're looking two, three four years out before any type of senior level government funding could come because as we're talking about now I think some had the impression that it's instantaneous that it's in, well <laughs> we we were asked my boss was asked by someone right on the street in downtown saying well are you going to get us the money or not and I'm like and he's like well that's not how it works it's like I don't have a checkbook in my office right we have to we have to go through either the full economic statement or a full more than likely for something like this a full a full budget consultation because we but we believe in helping we need to help and all levels of government need to help. However, let's also keep in mind that for the province of Ontario and for the federal government, they have a whole lot of other communities that they need to uh, also take into account. Yeah. And whatever London gets, I can assure you that the mayors and leaders of those other municipalities are going to be in line saying, what about us? That's and why the different levels of government should have been at attendance of the meeting. Council members, when you're coming to me for money, I want to hear it right from the start. Uh, I don't want to hear a uh, watered-down report. I want to hear it about from all the people in the room. I want to be part of the solution because if you're coming to for money, you better damn be sure that I was part of the decision. Well, and on that Jeez. on that point about you know ca a council is that I would say that I know there's been some criticism of <coughs> Councillor Stevenson because she's quote unquote speaking out too much. Frankly, <laughs> she's doing her job. Like she's she's pointing out something that that was a mistake. They need to fix it and address it, and they need to be more forthcoming with information. So I personally like what she's been doing. I, the fact is she picks up her phone. If she's got a question, I got to give Susan a lot of credit. If she's, a, she's one of the counselors. If she has a question about the federal government, whether it's good or bad, my phone's ringing at all hours, which I have no problem with. And, and she's seeking that information for her constituents, not because she wants to create waves. She wants to get answers to do her job. Counter this. And and this is, you know, devil's advocate. Um, she, she has uh, had a Twitter thread earlier this week. She came on my podcast this week. And, and I had someone say to me, hey, Craig, some other counselors feeling pretty similar to her, but they've decided to handle this behind closed doors because they think that will be more productive. <laughs> Agree or disagree with that? I'm just, I'm asking. I'll defer to the two uh, former city councillors first and then I, I'll weigh in. So I'll tell you what I would do. I would have those behind closed doors meetings first. If I didn't get the answers that I wanted or I didn't get the answers that I thought were correct, then I would go out outward to have those conversations. Well, I'm not going to, I don't agree with you, John, because once some staff member who had the report because it couldn't have been counsel and the only other person would have been Josh now I, I couldn't see him doing that release that document publicly then there should be no behind doors because it's out there folks face it absolutely I that I don't disagree with Cheryl I think m my point is that 
when I was there, if I had questions on reports and questions on things that came out, I always went to that sure. staffer first to Absolutely. ask them those questions. Right. Relationship building. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, and you want to do that. Yep. I'll be honest. I think one of the bigger problems that we have here, and I think Craig alluded to it originally, now we're starting to get messaging out of City Hall on this, on how this is for the community and how this is going to benefit the community. I think they have to be really careful because when you start to message out that this will improve wait times at hospitals that you don't control, <laughs> that's right. That is a real problem at yes. the end of the day. <laughs> People will link into that. Yeah. So that may be something you want. That may be something that you look at as a positive outcome of this, but you have no control over whether or not that's correct. But Only time will tell that. John, you've had months and months to research and talk to different different groups of people. You've had all that, except you've been told, <clears throat> council members have been told, do not talk. And you saw the hullabaloo when three of them actually went to the Unity Project. That was a big hullabaloo. It was a, <clears throat> but see, it, now it's time to face it, the, the electorate. I wanna hear what my counselor says that I voted for because I don't want to hear them behind closed doors. Too often, it's a cover your ass behind closed doors. You answer the questions, and you might ask stupid questions, but quite frankly, there is no stupid questions. No. It's the ones you don't ask that are stupid. So, yeah, I think it's time for all those council members <clears throat> who said, yes, go ahead, do this, we'll give you approval in principle. Well, principle is two. The person who's doing it has to have principle, and I don't think this whole thing, it's it shown a huge flaw in what's going on at City Hall, leadership-wise. And, and Craig, to answer your question, mm -hmm. I, I would actually venture to bet a large sum of money that uh, Councillor Stevenson did ask the staff for information. Yes, she did. Um, and I, I'm not gonna speak for her. Um, I haven't asked her that question specifically, but knowing her style. I have. And, and well, uh, yes. So, she, and knowing how she deals with different levels of government, yeah. um, she has always, we've, we have a, a great rapport with her. We have a, a, she is obviously a, a counselor in a very important area in London North Center that's having significant challenges in Old East yep. Village and Ward 4. So we're very keenly aware as we are in downtown London of the challenges that are going on and try to keep an open dialogue. Susan's style, is not to just run to the media that it's just no. anyone who's anyone who is implying that to you is categorically incorrect uh, it wasn't even a matter of hey this is her style it's a matter of hey this is perhaps how some other counselors have done it why couldn't she have done it that way i, I think, think she just might have done it sooner yeah. sorry to interrupt well, i think she might have just asked those questions and finally said hey enough is enough and, and i know she was very offended that the fact that she found the information out in the media i would have been livid and cheryl i know you well enough like heads would be rolling oh, da down the hallway at city hall well actually it they should have rolled before when she asked staff for different questions and they told her to file an amphiba report, a freedom of information report, telling her as a counselor she can't have that information. And counselor should not have to file amphiba my, reports. No, no absolutely and not. And staff absolutely. were telling her that, and that is where I blew up because that means to me they're hiding something. Mm -hmm. If you can't give me the information that I was elected to be responsible for, but then what, how the hell can you trust them? 
I, I, I agree 100%. Yeah. And the fact is, is that if you did that at the provincial or federal level, oh. you would have like, you would have a, 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 you'd have issues in the House of Commons with parliamentary privilege. Sure. Um, and uh, we've seen that actually on numerous occasions. They, when there's direction uh, and when they members need information, they need to be provided to it. Maybe it's behind closed doors. Maybe it's in camera. And I, hey, I'm okay with that. There's a reason for that. But the fact is, if they're asking for something, they should have it, in my opinion, within 24 hours. And, and how that's done is obviously I'm not an expert on municipal policy. Politics, but the fact is, if anyone that is elected is told to file an FIPA request, yeah. that's just disgusting. It is. It's wrong. So let's talk about what we're hoping to hear next week in general, then. Uh, so communication issue aside, uh, or I shouldn't say next week, but it's coming up at the end of the month. There's going to be a report from staff saying, hey, this is what we've got right now. This is where we are at. John, what do you want to hear? What do you want to see? What are you hoping as part of this? My, my big thing is goals. Yeah. What's the goal of this process at the end of the day? What do we hope that us taking this money, putting this money in, what are we hoping to achieve as a city and as a community at the end of the day? Because I think that's paramount on whether or not this gets sold or not. Do we have a plan to move to a specific spot? And what are the goals and the metrics that are going to tell us that we're achieving our goals? For me, that's a huge, huge piece. You know, one of the things that's interesting when we're on council, if, if we wanted to kind of not deal with the report, we used to always put it on the agenda during vacation time. The last week in July, 1st of August, that was when everybody's away, not giving a shit about what's happening in London. They're having their vacation with their family. Wonderful. That's the time they're releasing it. As soon as I heard the data, I thought, oh, here we go again. Um, old lessons learned years ago. <clears throat> what, what I want is value for dollar. Um, I want to know if they're going to amend the zoning in the city because none of the hubs will fit in to different areas of the city because they don't have zoning because the zoning actually talks about staying there for six weeks and that was put in when we did <coughs> sorry when we did the uh, shelters six weeks and then you had to move out to another one that was sort of a constant move and we all remember staff trying to cut the monies to shelters because we they wanted to get rid of them well uh, you know so we, we went through all that exercise only to find out we're here so zoning is another issue the fact I want um, how do we evaluate you're right I mean are they working is is what what's the achievement rate I want numbers I want facts I want figures and I don't think we're gonna get it mm -hmm. I speak now as a Londoner as to what my what my thoughts are here, and not and not a, not no. in my role, um, because obviously we'll, we'll, we'll yes. the, I wear a different hat. We'll have conversations. My boss will have conversations, and I don't want to muddy the water there. But I will say this: is that I agree with both of you. Goals are important. How do we know it's working? Number mm -hmm. one, and number two, value for dollar. So I come back to transparency when we talk about value for dollar too, and and we'll all remember the BRT debate. Um, mm. And and I don't. This is this is a different matter, but there's a lot of similarities in the communications around these two things of where they're making unforced errors time and time again. And I think that is a lack of transparency and a lack of information being shared. And I think that we need to see a lot of detail. I need to understand the numbers a heck of a lot better than just high level numbers. Like, 
how did you come up with these numbers? <laughs> What's the analysis? Have these been audited? Did you use a consultant? Have you looked at other communities? What, you know, uh, what contingencies do you have in place? However, one big thing for me is that I, I personally, as Ryan, believe that we should, though we have a crisis and we have to get this right. We can't afford to go back and start doing everything all over again once we've start once we've rolled the plan out. My concern, though, is is that we also have to be cautious not to get too big too fast. Right. We have to test this. We have to. We're talking about hundreds of millions yes. of dollars. However, time costs lives here. You're you're a hundred percent right. So again, but at the end of the day, if let's say we roll out five hubs, right, and then okay, they seem to be working the first so well, then we go a full blow yep. to fifteen. I, I, I want to make sure that the five Craig are right because what sure. I want to tell you is there's other communities that I've read about that are dealing with a lot of unforeseen circumstances around certain hub type models that we could learn from. I and, agree. And, and I hope those questions are being asked. I don't know. Um, I'm going to ask that question, but you're right. Lives are at stake here. And that's the thing. We want to get it right, but we want to do it fast. And though it's it's difficult to do those two things at the same time. But let me push back a second. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. mean that it's, it, that it's all on this plan, no. right? If we, I, this I is, think a lot of it's I, on this plan. I, I, I do, but I think yeah. that some people also, as this is being ironed out, as this is being rolled out, as we're seeing if we have the money, I think there needs to be a team that is worrying about the issue that you just brought up is making sure that the, those vulnerable communities are serviced, that they're there. That's, that the, we're that's why we're to, doing this. That, that we're, that's the, that, the most that, important that, thing. That we're reaching reaching out to them. Yep. But it, again, it's what model are we going to use, Craig, right? And I'm not saying, I don't know. I'm not convinced that the model that they're proposing is necessarily the right one. I'm not saying it isn't. I just, I just don't know right now. No. So we shouldn't be waiting and saying, well, we're going to help, like, we're going to help them, you know, once we get the plan done, we, we have to have people that are, that are servicing their immediate needs right now. But this is a long-term plan. This is to ensure that we are not, that we're, that we are taking the homelessness, mental health and addiction crisis and addressing it for the next decade, if not further so i think that we have to be very deliberate about that plan and rushing to implement a plan is is not necessarily the way to go i take your point that people are dying there if i'm not mistaken there were another 28 uh last month i could be wrong on that number i think it's roughly that um but so we still can't take our eye off that but at the same time we do we are providing services we are helping people and sure we can do a better job at it and that's what we're looking at with the plan but I, i'm not convinced that just putting a plan in for the sake of putting a plan in that's, that has holes and that is, isn't going to work and it doesn't have community buy-in is necessarily going to achieve what we're after. Exactly. We could just be we could just be further backwards, Craig. Right. And then we could have a, res a public that is resentful of it and is not giving you that buy-in. And then where's that $25 million that came from the anonymous donor and that matching money? Poof, it's gone. Yeah. Oh, I agree. So then we're back to square one. The stakes one. are high. I, the, so stakes the stakes are very are high. super high. So uh, we, I think we also need to have yeah. a contingency in place and that safety net while we're working on this plan. I want to just jump in there for a minute. Sorry, John. Is that my problem, big problem for me, is we're asking the same groups that are doing it now to do it with these hubs. I have no problem with what's, that. Oh, I do. What's the difference? What's the difference is more they'll have, yeah. That's it? Re more resources e could, like, not saying will, uh -huh. but could certainly could be might be better results there's no there's no there's no slam dunk here oh i know no. that I yeah know. there's no way that we're going to get a situation and, where and oh yeah we know important. this will work that's yeah. very important like you just noted that there i'm not convinced that everyone is also talking about th this because it, when, there a lot of people are out there saying that this is like the silver bullet right that yeah. this is going to do everything yeah, and it if can. this doesn't work yeah. think about the the hope and and the, uh, that you're taking away from some people and 
you're setting yourself up for a massive fall and a massive failure and a massive loss of trust. But, so we need to change that narrative. But Ryan, I think you use the one thing. We're selling it as a silver bullet, silver yeah. bullet yeah. right now. That's the problem. The problem is if the average Londoner doesn't see that silver bullet effect, you're going to get backlash. They're going to step away and say, this isn't doing what we wanted it to do. Because as much as we can all agree, there are people dying on our street. You know what? In this day and age, this shouldn't be an issue here. But it is. But it's an issue in all other communities. I'm going to tell you right now to the average Londoner, it's that as compared to somebody went into my backyard and stole my patio furniture. Mm-hmm. That's what they look at. And, I, and I'm not saying it's right, but for a lot of people at the end of the day, their frustration comes from how does this impact me? Not how does it impact somebody on the street? Okay. How's it going to impact me at the end of the day? That's not the right thing, but it's a reality it's, that we have to deal with. And I think one of the messages that comes out of that, $25 million we got as a gift, $5 million match for match dollar. And I'm not sure the city's raised that money yet. So what does that tell you about our community? That money should have been raised in 48 hours. I think that people want to see a plan before they're writing a check. Thank you. I think everyone yeah. wants to see a plan, right? And, well, and, and I want to be clear, I suspect Craig. that applies like, to the federal uh, government, too. Yeah, yeah. I, want to, I, want to be, I, I want to be clear is that, and I have had people quote, I've had people tell me this, like tell me this in, in various capacities, that Ryan, if we don't get the money, we're just going to lay it at the feet of the senior levels of government. Well, that's not fair. Because just because you haven't done your homework and know what funding models are available and have a plan in that's vetted and that is and that is 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 proper, that you can't blame the other federal levels of government. Frankly, the provincial government just gave a top up um, of forty percent into homelessness funding. The federal government has given more money through reaching home. The the governments have been there. And at the end of the day, like I said, that we have to remember that this is not just about London. John, you mentioned it. It's across the country, across the province. We have to think of funding models that are going to work for Canada other communities wide. exactly for Canada other communities wide. as well so we're not going to put something in the budget that says much as though i know the city would like it that says london ontario like well no it's going to say it's going to say uh municipalities across the province it's either going to be based on per capita funding model i don't know i'm not obviously in i'm not in those inner workings but i will say this craig we have a crisis i've said it on your yep. show a million times downtown is on fire people are dying all these villages struggling uh, all parts of the the city are experiencing pressures. We must absolutely do something, and we must we must have this conversation like we are. However, something doesn't necessarily mean this plan. Something doesn't necessarily like mean that we have to shove this through no matter what. There's nothing wrong with with t- with taking uh, you know pausing at, at certain moments, reassessing, rejigging, making making uh, changes in order to keep moving forward and build on this plan. Because mm-hmm. to your point, mm-hmm. it's not the silver bullet. We're, it's never going to be the silver bullet. If we can get it to the most perfect of an imperfect plan, that would be what we want to do. And I think too that there's so many, I think a lot of people have feel, including the public, feel as though their voice hasn't been heard enough. I will tell you that when that when my boss spoke on CTV News, within three days, we had 175 emails on this matter. Again, as the federal government, 
You're never gonna hear my boss dictating a plan, ever. It's up to the municipality to pick the plan. However, when you're asking for hundreds of millions of dollars, it, there has to be consult on where could we potentially get this funding from? Hey, can we use, is this funding flexible? Could we collapse this over here and move it over here? Do we need to create a new program? All those are valid questions. Those conversations need to happen. And then and then a plan can not necessarily be built around it, but be morphed around yeah, it. Yeah, but I'm disappointed what happened on Thompson Road. Why? That, well, because that was affordable housing. That was an opportunity for people that 3,000 people on the list that are waiting for housing. And you saw the tweets from those who were on the list saying, wow, we, we just, how do you get to the head of the queue? Obviously, they put in supportive housing in 40. Now they're saying, we've met uh, 40 of our 100 by taking away housing from other people. That, like it's robbing Peter to pay Paul. And yeah, I, but I had a real it's, it's, no, no, I get that people are going to be unhappy with the order, yes. but at some point, well, you, for those 44 people, those 44 folks that are going to be able to move in there, they needed housing. Well, so does the 44 who, who weren't given housing. Well, uh, the, the, I, but let's I, talk about the one that's still down in the, at, uh, at the Center of Hope. She's been waiting for housing, she's been on the list, and all of a sudden, it's gone. We're looking forward. To it. That's I know. I get quickly. that's tough. I get that's tough. But the demand is so strong. There's always going to be someone else who, hey, I could have gone there. Well, I can tell you, right? some of the people that are moving in those properties don't yeah. need to be in those properties. I, I would give you that. I think Craig, too, back to your question about what can we, what, what do we look for? One of the things, and, and I'm going to say, there's two people in this room that can get. I think would agree with it. Hubs cannot all be in the core. No. Oh, God, and the no. fact is oh. that, and I'm going to go to Old East Village. Yeah, can't be there. Either. We created a BIA in Old East Village, and then what we did was we filled it filled with social services, and we continue to do it, and it's decimating that neighborhood. The core has taken its brunt on this problem for an awfully long time now. And I camp when I campaigned, I said one thing. This is a citywide problem. And when I'm walking out to Byron and there's people living under the bridge in Byron at Sanatorium Road, they shouldn't have to come downtown for service. We should be servicing people in other areas, just like we did with a lot of our other services at the end of the day. Well, I, OW and ODSP that used to be all downtown, right. now it's in different spots in the city. And I think that that... That's a, that's a good lesson for this. Yes. And I think that people who are accessing OW and ODSP, who, by the way, and I'm just going to say it because it's true, uh, are badly, badly, badly underfunded. And that's uh, an absolute shame that this province continues to do this. Um, they would tell you they appreciate the fact that they don't have to come downtown every time they need to talk 100. to a service and that was worker. Done, that to was done when I was on council. Yes, I remember. You remember? Because I, like, you don't take the bus downtown when you can walk to a community center. But see, then it goes right back to putting the hubs out in Byron. Is the zoning there? Yeah. Um, and maybe not. And, and, and I'm not saying there the isn't zoning. NIMBY in, in wards 13 and 4. I'm not saying there wouldn't be a NIMBY constituency. I can think of one particular NIMBY constituent in ward 13. John, you may have heard. Oh, yeah. uh, but uh, uh, but the NIMBYism, if you started, oh, yeah, we're going to put this in Masonville or we're going to put this in Byron. Yeah. It's gonna get. Sure it it's gonna get hot. Yeah. It's well, gonna get hot. I, I live close. Yep. So I live in I live uh, High Park in Oxford. Um, so I'm in an area there that I can tell you it wouldn't be well received. But we don't have a choice. No. Like this isn't this isn't just the downtown problem. This isn't no. just Oldies Village problem. This is London's problem, and we all have to be willing to be part of the solution. So sure, those are going to be tough conversations for the councillors. But I know that I know a lot of people, including my neighbors, that'll stand up and say, "Hey." 
you know, we like we if we're going to deal with this, if we're going to try to help the most vulnerable, if we're going to try to help solve some of the issues that plague our community, we are we are going to be part of the solution. And are there going to be some that's, that do the exact opposite? Sure. However, I cannot stand the nimbyism in this okay. city. Let's yeah. talk once upon a time. If you're going to change zoning, it will affect you. Mm-hmm. It will affect any you have to have a sign that says the zoning is going to change here. Mm-hmm. Public comment is welcome. Mm-hmm. You're gonna go through all that before you can find locations for the hub. Right now there's locations where the zoning is in fact n- there, sort of, but it's a six week window and they're talking about much longer period of time staying in there. So like, how, how are you gonna tell me that you're gonna put eight hubs here and you're gonna put them there if you don't have the preliminary work done? Right? I'm hope maybe I'm maybe I'm sorry maybe I'm assuming that that preliminary work has been done, but may, maybe you know, uh, maybe you know it what hasn't. So when you assume, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do, I do, yes. <laughs> I do very much. Yes, but so but you would think like that that would have been done because yeah. at the end of the day you, you are right. We can't they can't all be clustered in the downtown. No, they can't all they be cannot. clustered in Old East Village. It won't. It it just it won't be successful at yeah, all. Yeah, you like, can't put them in parking lots and community centers and stuff like that. You got to be careful. But I don't think they're they're gonna. Well, as you said, they're gonna walk in the plan. Ta-da. Well, I don't. Why are you going to do this in my ward? That that won't work. My neighbors don't like. It's going to be all that once mm-hmm. they start picking. Because really, what they used to do is they dumped downtown in oldies. Always did it. We spent millions and millions of money downtown. <clears throat> We've provided opportunities to old east, but we filled them with social services, and that's a problem. So maybe yeah. I can ask a question though. Shouldn't it be? And I'm talking to two city councilors here, so so enlighten me, educate me. But I find that sometimes when city comes out with plans, no matter if it's for transit, if it's for road repairs, if it's for this, they have the public consultation, but they've really already made up their mind. So like they're already saying that these are, let's say, these are going to be the locations of the hubs. Let's yeah. just pick that. But they're like, these are the locations. And they, they listen, they come in and... It's already like the mind is made up. The plan was already in the desk drawer. So, wouldn't it be more, more, uh, more to be get more buy-in if I don't know? We actually go out and we consult as it's being constructed. We do better at communication, and we don't do top-down communication, but we do from left to right communication. Make everyone feel a part of the process. But they haven't sure. done that kind of communication at. Mm-hmm. Oh, but this no, is this is what I'm this. saying. It's such a problem. problem. This was the problem with BRT, and and, and again, well, they're very remember, different issues. Do you but remember like, the Bud Gardens meeting of course. for the BRT? That changed a lot. So yeah. people can change it if it's not handled properly. And you're right. Yeah, like you're I right. just I just really think Craig, it comes back to communication. It's mm-hmm. so important, and we have we have a fundamental deficit uh, in this city when it yeah. comes to communication and making sh- Londoners feel as though they're part of the. They're completely part of the process, and wh- and again, I'm not saying that being that I can be part of the process and not like the outcome. Like mm-hmm. I might not get my way, but at least I'm going to feel much better. I, I was included. Say, yeah. I exactly. Exactly. I I, I want to say this, and, and and we're talking about sort of the the, the political machinations of this. Not necessarily uh, how's the electorate going to feel about it, but sort of what the the politicians are doing, where the funding is coming from, and, and this stuff's all important. But I do want to be clear that this the issue that we're talking about here. We all acknowledge this is a life and death issue. This is people who are dying. This is people who are struggling with addiction. This is people who are struggling with mental health issues. And there are no places for them 
to go to get assistance, even if they want assistance. I talked about this a little bit with Councillor Stevenson on uh, the podcast yeah. earlier this week. If someone says, okay, you know, I, 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 I understand that I'm, I'm struggling with mental health and I want some help, uh, a lot of social service agencies say, well, we, there's nothing we can do for you here. We don't have the funding for that. We don't have the ability to help you with that. Addiction, very, very same thing. Exactly. But that's why it's that's, so, the, that's the problem. But that's yeah. why it's so essential that communication is open and yes. communication and, it's, and that there's a ton of transparency because then when you don't have that, Craig, you then make it, it become a political issue where you have all different sides f- fighting against the plan. And, and instead of keeping at focus the, the, the vulnerable population that we're so desperately trying to help. So if we can just be maybe communicate a bit better and be a little bit more open instead of keeping certain groups out and in the dark and not sharing certain information, I, I think that we'll have much more success at getting to a place where where there there is a vast majority of buy-in. Yeah. And, and I would say you can't... You struggle to say this is for the community when you don't include the community in that conversation. Nor nor their representative, Correct. which their counselor. But we're sort of almost acting like, oh my God, this just happened. <laughs> this just, they dropped all these people in the city of London. It happened uh, during Mayor Holder's time, um, who was before him, Brown, yeah. Brown, whatever his name is, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so like we're that's eight years well almost nine years ago that all this was going on all of it absolutely and we proceeded on making downtown nice Um, meanwhile all this stuff's happening and nobody was doing anything so now we've reached a wall now I, i will note i think it should be acknowledged that I think that as much as people want to blame the city for for uh, poverty issues that have happened uh, in the core and around the core, I, I, I think that we can we can certainly talk about that. But doesn't the feet doesn't this mostly lie at the feet of the province? Well, we all with know ODSP that. and ODO, o, Yeah, I know we all we know all that. I just think that, that the, yeah, most, the audience should know that too. You know what you should try try to do is try to get somebody on the podcast like Rob Flack. Sure, ask him. What's the government's plan? Uh, talk about this. You know, look, we've got all these balls up in the air in London. Rob represents a part of London. <clears throat> St. Thomas, I think, is handling it far better than London is. Joe Preston is a mayor. He does it. He's, all right, we're going to do this. They're doing the small uh, small homes section. He's working. They're working with them. the YMCA. They've done housing downtown. Within DeWall. They, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they did some great. Like, they're beautiful. moving along, so you don't hear a lot of chest beating, uh, only back padding coming from St. Thomas. It, London's chest yeah. beating. We're not doing anything. Can we talk about just very quickly on St. Thomas too? They like I also have to say that so Sandra Dater Beers, who yes. actually was here oh, in London, is is the CAO there, yep. and she's she's phenomenal. Like Dynamite. like yeah. the, one of the best listeners I've ever met. She is kind she's compassionate but she's also practical and 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 i think that that coupled with uh, with with mayor yeah. preston as well they have their they they got a they're one-two done. punch there like in yeah. there and look they're rocking and rolling yeah. after some very difficult years in st thomas I think very she difficult applied in london sandra did i think she did um and <clears throat> i wasn't part of that but but you're right they're working as a team with their council London is not working as a team with their council. And they're doing short-term solutions, and that's what I like at the end yeah. of the day. They're not looking at this as a long-term. They are doing short-term solutions. Let's do this now. Yeah. Taking care Let's of the problem. Let's do this now. Which is yeah. great. However, this may be something that takes a long time to solve. 
a yeah. long time to figure out. Yeah, you're, it, you're, so we need short and long term. It, it's taken yes. a long time to do anything. Sure. Like we've got all those trailers that are left over from the winter response. response. Yeah. response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are they doing? They're sitting there rotting. So like there is short term available. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not it. saying there isn't. Nobody's what I'm saying it. is we can't just look at short term because this is going to take us years. Yeah, but it you will. can't to say, solve these problems. You can't say, years and years. You can't beat your chest and say, "Oh my God, no. there people are dying on the street." What are you doing yeah. about that? But now? the short term. So, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but the short term brings us back to what we we're no, talking about before. <laughs> that the short the, the short term uh, is how Craig that we keep in mind, like you said, the people that are dying. Yeah. That, that yeah. we can protect yeah. them with short term solutions. Correct. until we get the right longer term plan and i have to say cheryl thanks for bringing up the winter response because the first winter response that was in this city that's good. actually was fantastic yeah, i gotta give a lot of credit yep. like to the to the city there yep. they rolled out a fantastic plan that yep. worked there last winter not Terrible. so much no. no uh so like it is like that we have proven that we actually have some short-term models craig that work right now whether or not some people like the locations or, or, or whatnot. It did actually, John, you were involved at that time. You would, didn't the voices start to dissipate when they actually saw that it was functioning and that and that concerns were being addressed of, uh, of yep. whether it be loitering or whether it be, you know, garbage or whether it be, you know, a sound. They were addressed in, in, in a collaborative way and that got buy-in. Well, and, and further to that, when you look at the locations, when we toured the facility up at Fanshawe, when we talked to the individuals who were there, yeah. they were ecstatic with that location because it took them out of the downtown. Yeah. They were they were there, yep. they didn't have weapons, they didn't feel afraid. They Those people went from being people that lived on the street and were struggling to people who could actually become successful. And isn't that the goal? That yeah, but, to me is but, always the goal. But John, you're exactly right. But what are we doing? We've done F all on this. We have, you know, there is nothing that is there to say, let's let's get him into those houses. Let's get him into those trailers. Actually, River Road was was an awful, sad thing when it burnt down. But yeah, hell, you <laughs> the city of London employee allegedly oh, yes, set it on fire. You're gonna get you're gonna get sued. You know that, like we did before. So wow. allegedly. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm five and zero oh in the courtroom. Anyway, so, um, so. I feel I should add here post podcast as I do my editing that. The charges against Michael Belanger were dropped. He was previously charged with one can of arson, but the Crown said there was no reasonable prospect of conviction. That was according to what Belanger's lawyer told CBC. So the situation there is that there are no charges, but there is still a belief that there was an arson at that particular location at River Road, which was going to be a place where folks who were dealing with homelessness could have gone. Would have been a great idea. Sadly, not the way it went. Again, the Crown saying no reasonable prospect of conviction. That's just a post-podcast edit from me. Figured it was important. Back to the rest of the roundtable. Why are we not looking but, at that? But I don't understand why we didn't look at River Road as a camping area with facilities exactly. that people needed. And then we look at the city holistically as a whole and say, if you want to camp yep. by the river, this there is you where go. you have to do it at yep. the end of the day. It would have been easier, but it puts people together and gives them the services, washrooms, showers, yep. the help that they need. Now. Now. Right. And then and then uh, and then you work on that longer term plan yeah. and you have the time for for the proper communication, proper consultation. I, I think really the whole 
point of this first question, Craig, was, you know, do counselors have a right to be frustrated that they weren't, yeah. that they weren't coming? They do. I'm sorry. Like, I, I want to come back to that. They absolutely do. I had an amazing conversation with counselor Steve Lehman about this. Like, he, he, he knows, he wants to help more than anyone. Like, he, I know all of counsel does, and he, he has some great ideas. He should be able to be there giving those ideas. Counselor Peloza and I have had conversations about this. And frankly, she's also the budget chair for yeah. the record. Um, so when you're talking about dollars that the, the city's going to have to put in, and let's be honest, they're going to be the bridge here uh, for the first little while because the, the federal and provincial governments, with, they, they, they don't have, they can't no. just make new programs no. tomorrow. No. So we need to get those counselors um, and the ones with experience, one that's been, have been around the table to say, hey, we all, I think, every, well, no, I don't think, I know, Everyone around that horseshoe wants to do something. Everyone around around that horseshoe knows there's a crisis. Everyone around that horseshoe wants to give the vulnerable communities that we're helping dignity, respect, and make sure that we, we help our fellow Londoners. But at the same time, they were elected duly elected in a democratic process by their constituents let's engage them a heck of a lot more and let's make sure and that their voice is heard buy into this bullshit that taking the pot porta potty to the to the encampments bringing food in sandwiches and water once a day and have a counselor there for a couple of hours that's not immediate that's not anywhere near solving anything. No, that I've got no problem with giving out water and sandwiches, though. Well, I oh, don't by either. all means. Yeah. No, no, yeah. Yeah. By all means, yeah. please, no, do it. But, do it. Yeah. but it's not. But what I'm saying is that's. If council says, well, we're already doing something immediately, bringing out sandwiches, water. No, you're not. That's not immediate. Can you talk yeah. about what immediate is, though? Yeah. Yeah. Now. No, no, I'm sorry. Like, like what you would like to see in immediately in like in like uh, one of like a trailers. Uh-huh. We've yeah. got all those. How many trailers out there? 30, 40? I don't know. That's I'm like, not sure that's like, that count. Right. Yeah. The, they're not looking at what they've done. So they're meanwhile sitting there rotting. But shouldn't they be used? Can't we put them? I think River. I think River Bend to me was successful. I'm not sure River Bend will want them. Oh, sorry, River, no. River, River Road, Road might want them. <laughs> <laughs> That's when we do the zoning. <laughs> do it out there because, quite frankly, you, you can. You can bring in the water. You can bring in the sandwiches. Yeah. You can bring in the bathroom. They can live there. And, yeah. and, and sh- you can have people there to help them. And, Cheryl, uh, I'll, I'll throw this to you, but I'd, I'd love to know your thoughts. I think that if council doesn't have that feedback, doesn't have the um, the, the say and, and, and are getting a lot of the criticism from the public, right. that's where you're going to see fractures and cracks divide even further. And that's where the, the plan is going to start to fall apart on the council floor. Would you agree with that being a former councillor? Yeah, but what we used to do is work differently than they do because um, we used to make sure that a couple of us would sit down and decide where we wanted to go. And then two of us will go and talk to other people because if you want to heal something you got to bring in the wound dressing you got to bring in the gauze you got to bring all that stuff in but I don't think council has any of that because they don't know what to expect so it's like cold turkey oh my god this is a report we're talking about it tomorrow uh, yeah, and, and that's I. We'll we'll talk about the report when it comes out. I'm yeah. I'm I'm off next week, but the week after, whenever we're, we'll be chatting on the roundtable about what we hear. I can promise you. We got to wrap up there because we're rubbing, right about the clock time. I want to talk about Thames Pool, but yes. I guess we don't have time. It turned out this took 45 minutes. Well, too bad because Thames Pool is a disaster, and it like that is such an f up again. I should have. It, it really is. That it was an 80 year old pool. 
that had been there for 80 years through floods, through everything. They build a bridge. They cause all this construction, vibrations in the ground. How do you know it didn't affect that? Water table would have taken the vibrations. Come on, I like. Let's not let's not say. Oh, we, it's just deteriorated. Yeah, I think we did it ourselves. Uh, I have um, asked about that, and I have not been given a firm answer on it. Is what I will not. say. Should, yeah. should we not move on, though? Oh yeah, no, no, like, it's, I, got, it's I, done I, now. I think, I think yeah. it just needs. However, as much it as it, as much as it breaks my heart, because I, I I swam yeah. in that pool as a kid, and I think it's great. But I think it's time to you know not just keep putting uh, more money into yeah. it and, and find an, another yeah. solution. However. Yeah. It happened. Uh, and you can move that pool back off the floodplain. You could do it. But I think if you're going to do it, you're going to have to deal with people in Old South and say to them, um, they want a pool. Where are you going to put it? Yeah. Uh, and well, we'll see where, 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 if we talk about a new pool. But I think that any money that would go into that pool is wasted. Would, would be it's better wasted. spent on a new pool. Yeah. 100%. It's a, it's a waste, 100%. Yeah. I, I don't think that. Old South, I think, should go in Soho. That's my personal belief. I think there's land in Soho, easy spot to put it, really needed in Soho, that yeah. type of event yeah. with the new buildings and such going See, in there. I was there, thinking, ideal. you know what? They have the waiting pool at Murray Park. Actually. Yeah. Um, and the city wants to get out of the waiting pool business, which I think makes sense. Uh, what if that, that's a nice big spot there? It's It'd gorgeous. Cool there. Huh. Gorgeous spot. And I think that, that's, that's a well used, by that, have a, well used for that community yeah. too, that yeah. they really need something yeah. in there. And with those new units coming but, there, I think it'd be great. But as I said on Twitter, uh, and yes, there are new units coming right around the corner from there, John, that's true. Uh, like I said on Twitter, there's going to be a constituency that says that this pool has to be south of the river, north of commissioners, west of, uh, yeah. west of, uh, Wortley, Wortley yeah. or well, even if it's, uh, west of Rideout yeah. and east of, east of Warncliffe, there's going to be constituents says that's where the pool has to be. Best of luck to you finding a spot that isn't on the floodplain for that pool. Yeah. Today. And best of luck to you. I hope Ward 13 counselor gets into this. I haven't heard a word from him. I don't know. Is he on vacation? Uh, yeah, I, I, I haven't actually asked him about, uh, the pool situation. Uh, but that's as much as I'd love to talk more about the pool we've got to go thank you very much to Cheryl and to Ryan and to uh, John for doing the, the Friday Roundtable this week thanks very much to all of you for listening to downloading and subscribing to the Craig Needles podcast which of course you can find at classicrock981.com londonnewstoday.ca wherever it is you get your podcasts the Craig Needles podcast is a presentation of the Blackburn Media Podcast Network 